The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello again and welcome to another edition of the TOST Podcast here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network, found online at belmontmedia.org slash podcasts, and also at soundcloud.com by searching Belmont Media. You can listen to the podcast at your convenience by downloading the free SoundCloud app available on both iTunes and Google Play stores. I am Todd Bloniars from the award-winning Time Out for Sports Talk TV show, available on BMC Channels 9 and 29, and also on demand at belmontmedia.org. Well, with the 2019 Academy Awards in the rearview mirror, it seems like a good a time as any to present our fourth installment of the TOSTTTL podcast <laughs> with my friends and former hosts of Through the Lens, Matt Gandolfo and Mike Higgins. Gentlemen, hello. Hello. How are you today? Greetings and the all-important salutations. <laughs> it, is, it is a pleasure to be back here on the award-winning podcast, and... Um, I'm just happy to be here. Uh, you know, actually, technically... I do, I do want to say that I think my opinion should count as the entire opinion of the community. But, you know, we always have this debate. Uh, Mike, I hate to break it to you, but technically, the Time Out for Sports Talk television show is the award-winning. Award award that won the award. Right. This podcast hasn't won a darn thing, and it probably never will. <laughs> I give you my highest award. It is the Mike Award. It's only been awarded once to you. You went on the Mike Award-winning podcast. There you go. Wow. It doesn't, it doesn't come with anything. It comes with a nice glass of scotch if you come to my house. That, do, that's what you get. Do I get more than 90 seconds to give a speech, or am I going to be played off here? <laughs> Five and a half minutes. <laughs> what you do it. I'll uh, be out on the grill cooking a steak. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> there we go. Okay, well, as we said, the Oscars. Uh, really, you get a glass of scotch and a steak. No, that sounds good. It's getting I, better. I, yeah, I, I will I'll out, make so the trip, uh, even though it's. Uh, I think we're getting a, a little snowstorm starting up here in the next uh, couple of hours as we're recording this. Uh, welcome to spring. It's late February, and they're talking about some of the coldest temperatures yet are on the way, and uh, snow to boot, so there you go. Yeah, you got to love New England. Three degrees this morning when I left to walk my kids to school. Nice. I still walked her, but I did not want to. <laughs> wow. You know, within the next week, I'm supposed to work four college baseball games. What are the odds they play any of those games in the next seven days? 100%, because I will pay them to make you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they may. I don't know. I haven't. There's been no official word yet, but uh, anyway, they're, they're keeping me in the loop on that. So, well, here we are. Uh, the Oscars, uh, the hostless mm. Oscars, that was, of course, the big story going in. Right. Uh, there was no host, and frankly, from what I uh, watched of... The event, uh, I don't think they really needed a host. Uh, in fact, I would almost suggest they might want to go hostless in the future because it'll remove that whole uh, realm of controversy uh, that they have to that deal with, and it'll also avoid having people go and find stuff from uh, 10 years ago on Twitter uh, <laughs> to disparage the said named host. So, uh, yeah, I think this worked out pretty well. I think opening with, of course, uh, Queen and Adam Lambert performing We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions, great way to kind of get into the spirit 
favorite of it is I think someone joked, uh, you know, they paid tribute to, to the beginning of the Oscars by uh, bringing you the Grammys. <laughs> But it was, you know, it was, I, I thought it was well done. And I mean, you know, who needs these monologues where all the hosts are, you know, doing is just kind of trashing all the contestants anyway or, or friendly jabbing at them or, or whatever. But let me get your guys' thoughts on the, uh, on, you know, just kind of in summary of the whole, you know, what, did you guys think that it was okay not to have a host for the event or would you like them to go back to finding someone next year? No, I think they should have a permanent host for the Oscars. Personally. And who okay. would that be? Oscar for the Grudge. They just wheel the, they wheel the trash can on stage, and he hosts the whole thing. Oscar hosts the Oscars. It's perfect. You might be taking this a little too literally, Mike, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Would you watch Oscar the Grouch hosting the Oscars? Uh, Sorry, I know you. Yes, well, you I, would. I probably would. I was watching it when there was no host, so I guess, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. No, I think the hostess thing was fine. Mm-hmm. I also have to say that, um, and I, I'll just break this brief so Matt can get in. Um, the host thing was fine. I watched, and, and actually Todd, a little behind the scenes, Todd had texted me and I was behind. So I had watched it. He said the queen was on there, so I turned it on. And I have never seen Adam Lambert sing with queen. I've just never seen it. Yeah, I had a new I was like, I, yeah, I was like, I don't get it. You know, whatever. Why is queen still trying the tour? What What is this? I watched them perform those two songs and I was like, and what I like is that they're that he's to, he's not trying to replace Freddie Mercury because they're saying it's Adam Lambert and Queen. Well, it doesn't sound anything like Freddie Mercury. And Mike, I think we may need to have you we may need to have you repeat what you said because your phone seemed to cut out just as you were about to make your statement. Okay. What I was going to say is I've never seen Adam Lambert perform with Queen. Mm-hmm. What I like is that he's not trying to be a member of Queen. They're saying it's Adam Lambert and Queen. Right. Right. I watched him perform those two songs. Yeah, he doesn't sound like him. absolutely, but he he echoes the performance of that song. I was like, this was amazing. It was a great way to open the Oscars. It mm-hmm. really was. Um, that performance was electric. Yeah, and it certainly beats the you know in the past where they would have the host try to do some musical montage of the Oscars, you know, coming into it and having opening up with that was, I think much, much better uh, than I've seen in any years past that I can think whenever they had, you know, a specific host. And just to get back to the, I was perfectly fine with not having a host. It Because when you think about it, the host really only participates for that opening monologue. And they don't even do a whole lot of the you know, emceeing duties throughout the course of the show. That's still done by whoever is the announcer, the, you know, the voice of God. Right. (laughs) And, you know, they come out and make quips every now and then, and they provide, you know, they put like their personality stamp on the Oscars. As Jimmy Kimmel did, certainly when they did the little bit across the street. Or or, Ellen, you know, know, did her thing with, you know, you know, all fun and dancing and the selfie that broke the internet. Yeah. Um, doesn't need that that's not what that's not what the oscars are about and i i personally didn't miss it in any at any 
point in time. I could have cared less. Yeah, because it is no... it is more about the winners, and you know they right. should be celebrated than it's about the host putting their their personality stamp, as you put it, Matt, on right. the on the show. Because then everyone's just talking about the host. And they're going, well, you know, I don't like Jimmy Kimmel. I don't like that bit he did because I just don't like his talk show or whatever. And and it becomes everyone's talking about that. No one's talking about the winners, and you know, the, or even the nominees right. for that matter. And 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 all the you know everyone in Hollywood that had been honored that evening. So that's mm-hmm. uh, Mike. Your thoughts? I I I agree. Actually, um, and it's a bigger problem. Is you don't watch the Oscars for the host, but I think a lot of it's also you hear this. A lot of it is you know how we're going to make people watch the Oscars, and ratings are going down, and how we you know, and they they were going to try some things to shorten the telecast this year. Which they did by about 15 minutes, and I think the ratings actually might have gone up just a, a tick this year uh, from, from okay, last year's. You know what? The problem is, ultimately, the, the Oscars are antiquated. And I've actually, rare for me on, on a podcast like this, and YouTube can attest, I've actually given it some thought for a couple of days at this point. Um, they're antiquated. Is that, the, that it's an old-school award show where you, you present all these awards, and they're very important to the people at Wyndham. But seriously, to have a four-hour award show where a majority of the awards are for technical and categories that you don't see, that's where the problem falls off. It's not popular movies. It's not who's hosting, who's not hosting. It's that it's too long. And... The way people consume content nowadays, and in my professional life, peek behind the curtain a little bit, you know, I, I, I work in the broadcast industry doing digital content for a radio station. And we, we you try to keep things shorter. Attention spans have gone down. Mm-hmm. And for a four-hour, four three-and-a-half-hour show, you're, you're never going to bring those viewers back because things have changed. You can get the results online. Um, I, I think the Oscars t- really needs a major overhaul because it's it's a self indulgent night, but there's so many other options right now that people don't care as much. Well, Mike, just on that topic for a moment, if we're going to talk about award ceremonies, then could you argue that say the Grammys and the Tonys and all these other broadcast award ceremonies aren't they all antiquated as well? Not the Grammys. In fact, the Gra- I'm glad you brought up the Grammys because. The Grammys has gone to a model now where they give away fewer awards on the televised show, and it's more about the performances, and it's, it's, it's more streamlined. So that's where they're going. Maybe you need to figure a way to make this more entertaining. Maybe you need more of the skits. Maybe you need more performances. I don't know how you do it. I, I, I don't know the answer to it, but I think the answer is to streamline the awards to streamline the show and bring it into this era of the YouTube and the skits. I, I particularly got a little sick of the Kimmel stuff the last couple of years with the going to the theater and bringing the tour group in. But that's where entertainment is going. It's the viral moment. And there really weren't a ton of viral moments in the Oscars. I mean, you think of the, the moments you remember the Oscars for the last few years. The, one of the biggest ones, obviously, is the La La Land moonlight screw-up. It's the stuff you could consume in two or three minutes the next day. That's what. That's how people are consuming the Oscars. 
that's where it's going. They need to look more to that model of, you know, streamlining it, making more of the entertainment. You know, and I'm sorry for best documentary short and best sound editing. You know, I'm sorry to take away from your moment on TV, but there's got to be another way to do it because... And why are, Period, why end are of those sentence. why are those not grouped in and categorized with the other technical awards that they give out a couple of weeks uh, beforehand? See, and that in in some ways, I would argue that that's sort of kind of a quasi streamlining of the Oscars as it is, because a lot of the awards now are presented off site on a different day. Only like six, yeah. six or seven categories are. That's really all that they give out on those technical awards. So it's not a huge ordeal. Um, I've often thought that uh, the the sound editing and the cinematography and things like that, the you know the the more science based uh, aspects of movie making, should be grouped together more with the technical, uh, yeah, the technical uh, side of the the house. So I mean, granted, they're not you know inventing new technologies and things for the art of movie making. But they're using those technologies and and so on and so forth. So that was always my my thought process on it is that a lot of those I think are gratuitous and could be uh, isolated and moved over towards the the technical aspect. If you want to give them airtime for that as well, fine. You can air that on some other stream some it. other platform and stream it. Yeah. Or do something along those lines and save just the the big meaty the ones that everyone wants to see for the broadcast and and do it that way and you can still bring out all the winners that were part of that whole process like they do every year anyway they always have those seven or eight people in that balcony they can do that with everyone else too and I think that would be a way to help streamline it. They can get everyone the recognition that they deserve because I'm not saying they're any less deserving. I just don't think it. I don't think it fits exactly what Mike says. The attention span is just going, you know, out of it's out of control. When I watch it on delay, I fast forward through most of the speeches. Yeah, oh, I just don't me care. too. It, it's self indulgent. It, it, it's I I. Mostly white people thanking each other. Well, I watched on I watched on Monday night on Hulu because you know they broke down and I was able to fast forward through everything I didn't really want to to partake in. Yeah. Well, well, actually, just to your point, Mike, I have a few different points to bring up. But since you just brought up uh, zipping through the speeches, uh, for one thing, I think given the new rules this year of trying to finish within ninety seconds would have been maybe less of a reason to to just fast forward through them and actually see if people stayed on time. The other thing is you had brought up, you talked about uh, the winners in the past. Well, this year's Oscars probably had more diversity than it's ever had Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of uh, minority winners. And so, again, that would have been another reason to, you know, uh, stick around and watch some of the uh, the acceptance speeches. You're a thousand percent correct, except the winner of Best Picture, Green Book. Someone pointed out Green Book, more like the white page. I mean, it's still... Uh, you know what? Uh, you know what? That was the one part, I guess, of the Oscars because, that had a little controversy. But yeah, you know what? You know what? I'm not qualified to talk about that, and I you know, I don't want to go down that road because I'm not qualified to talk about it. And, and so yeah, I mean, I didn't see the movie, so it I'm not going to. It yeah. did seem this year, though, that there were more uh, more awards 
and more awards, more winners and more nominees uh, were more diverse than in years past. It, and without that's any a good question, thing. That's which is really, an absolutely wonderful thing. No, no, no. That's that's a, oh that's sure. A, that's oh yeah. No, it's great. I mean, you had African Americans winning in uh, I think what costume design and another one of the other uh, uh, you know the editing categories or something for the first time ever. I guess the first time that not the first time they'd been nominated, the first time that ever that they had been able to win that category. So that certainly was big. Uh, and then of course you know when it came to some of the you know the big awards, we all think of, you know, supporting actress, actor, Regina King, who I still, uh, I'll show my age. I remember her when she was a young teen actress on 227 with Marla Gibbs. Yes, I was watching that show in my teen I years. I remember she's a leaguer HR person on Big Bang Theory. <laughs> okay, uh, you know what? She, I, she might have been in that as well. Uh, so, yeah. it's, uh, but uh, yeah, she got Best Supporting Actress, of course. Uh, oh no, that, I actually watched that speech. I thought that speech was incredibly well done. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that she brought her mother there. But but right. the other problem I'm going to give you is with the Oscars is half the time, who cares? Like, I'm going to ask you guys a question, and I will be surprised if you can answer correctly because. If I hadn't read the answer, I would never have been able to tell you this. What won the Academy Award for Best Picture last year? One year ago. Yeah, the, I know. That's, the and this is Sound a, of Water, or whatever the I hell it's called. Matt, is he, Todd, is he looking that up on his phone? No, I, I believe Matt. I'm not going to. No, he just it. asked you if I looked it up on my phone. No, no, Matt my phone's did not. Over here, yeah, Matt, Matt did not look it up on his phone, and I do <laughs> believe him. I'm not going to look it up on my phone to check and see if he's right. I so. never thought of that. And that's half the problem is yeah. what defines a best picture? Oh, well, well, we've had this discussion well, right. for and, well, 15 and, or 20 years. And think years of this year. Now. There was no clear cut favorite going in this year. I mean, especially that's after. Let me tell the... you. What else was done? What else was done then? I mean, it, best is such a relative term. Of course, but but it's also you know right. The, we we know what the Academy figure. We we all know what the Academy considers to be right, uh, right. a a best picture. Uh, and then after, of course, Bohemian Rhapsody won at the Golden Globes. What? Because they're they're nominating and honoring movies that are for smaller audiences. Right. You know what makes best? I mean, what made the most money this year? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm going to say Avengers: Infinity War. Right. Came pretty close to making a lot of money. Well, there's no suspense if you want to give an award to the picture that made the most money. You just calculate at the end of the year, and then you just say, hey, you, know, but, you made the most who's money. who's picking what is best? Right, but what that's the question. Right. That's it, exactly. No, I know. But, and that's – we've well, been making that argument for years, and we thought that when they expanded the field from 5 to 10 that they would start to include movies such as that, but they didn't. Well, you they kind of did yeah. a little bit. I, I wouldn't say they well, totally. Black Panther got nominated this year, which I think was. Yeah, and Bohemian Rhapsody right. got nominated. Bohemian Rhapsody so. got nominated, and it deserved it. It was a great right. movie. But there, and, were, yeah. there are 10 slots. How many nominees were there for Best Picture? How about A Star is Born? Eight. I mean, there were only eight yeah. movies Oh, right. There were only eight this year. Right. They, could have, they could have nominated two others. They didn't. Why? I thought they eight. were stream. I thought, yeah, because you said ten, and then I were. I was thinking to myself, there were only eight. There I were just thought they cha- they didn't change it to like just cut back to eight. No, so they, I don't believe so. They, so the they, truth is, they can do any number between no, five they, and they, ten every year. That's how it works. I'm, they can do one. I'm sorry, what? They can do any. They can do any number up to ten. Any number up to ten, and probably minimum of five. I'm sure because that's. What I don't think they'll ever go less than five. Right. right. So they could have acknowledged 
the Avengers or something along those lines, which they had planned to do in the popular movie category that they all of a sudden backed away from because everyone, the old guard, basically, the artistic bunch who are in control of the uh, motion picture arts and sciences said, you know, well, hold on there. Didn't they already get enough recognition because they made a billion dollars? I don't see why that should prevent them from receiving awards for being quality films. Or, okay, you know, I'm going to read you, for, and I'm back into the best. Best again. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read you the top 10 highest grossing movies of 2018. I'm going to make it 11 because this is an older list. Uh, so we'll, we'll go with 10A, Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Number 10B, Venom. Also good. Nine, what? Also good. Solo, a Star Wars story, which, eh. yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mission Impossible Fallout. Number six was The Grinch. Number five was Deadpool 2. I liked that. Four was, I liked, I love Deadpool 2. Mm. Number four was Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Number three was a phenomenal movie, Incredibles 2. Number two was, and I would have, I would have flipped these. I'm, I'm, was wrong. Number two was Avengers: Infinity War, which made in the U.S. six hundred and seventy-eight million dollars. The number one grossing movie of twenty eighteen. What was it? Black Panther. Yeah, seven hundred million dollars. Right. So. You know, other than Black Panther, none of these movies got consideration in the best picture. Now, Most of them didn't get consideration in anything, yeah. with the exception of a couple of technicals with, you know, the sound editing and, uh, you know, costume design and things like that. And most of those went uh, were in the corner of Black Panther. There wasn't, there wasn't the Infinity Wars, wasn't the Venoms, wasn't Aquaman, yeah. uh, or any of those other big blockbuster, you know, special, special effects heavy movies. It was basically all in Black Panther's corner, and I don't know why that was. Another one that was out this year that got no recognition, which I thought was because because if you look at it, and I don't go into technical, it was a well-told story that was incredibly different than anything I had seen, and it was an experience to see it in the theaters. Was a Quiet Place. Yes, John Krasinski and Billy Blood. I thought that was fabulous because it was like nothing I had seen before. But that doesn't get any consideration for best picture for whatever reason. And that's the problem is I think they're out of touch with what. And I've been saying that for, I mean, we, again, and I'll say it again, we've been having this argument for over a decade now. On the note of the quiet place or a quiet place, remind me if you guys, and if you guys even remember this, did Get Out? Have any kind of Oscar consideration the year that was released? Yes, it did. It won. It won for it won for a so um, horror movies then have been, or suspense, not horror, not we'll call it a suspense movie. Well, Get Out, uh, uh, Get Out was nominated yeah, for Best Picture. Award. Jordan Peele won for that. Okay, right. so oh right, okay, and so it was, was nom- okay. and it was nominated I, for I Best Picture. So. Yeah, I just, serves. all right, I, you might be right on that. Now, I, but some, some breakthroughs in that. But like a quiet place, I that was, and we saw it, and I think Todd's been to the cinema pub up here that we have where you can have dinner and watch a movie. Mm-hmm. I've never been in this place where it was that quiet; you could actually hear people eating. Mm-hmm. 
um, and, and sucked into this movie with almost no dialogue. And it also proves to me, because I've seen Emily Blunt in two movies this year, that were e- I enjoyed equally as much. One was A Quiet Place, the other was Mary Poppins Returns. And it shows the depth of an actress she is for the two different roles that she played. And she was captivating in both of them. Um, and, you know, both of them were incredibly difficult roles to play because, I mean, one of them is almost a completely silent movie that you've got to carry. And then the other one, you've got to take one of arguably the most, most iconic characters in American movies, a movie that won Best Picture, Julie Andrews owned it. And she made that movie her own, and it was fabulous. Mary Poppins Returns stands on its own as a great movie. Okay. Let me, I want to get back to a point you brought up a little earlier in the show, Mike. You talked about the Oscars lacking viral moments. What about, well, I, I could probably make cases There's there were probably a few different viral moments. Certainly the the duet of Shallow with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, uh, you know, especially the near the end when Bradley slides over onto the, onto the piano bench with, with Lady Gaga. What about Olivia Coleman's acceptance speech? Uh, certainly was was different. Uh, it, it felt very more genuine, organic. Uh, I mean, so I think there were some moments, and then maybe you know, if people want to throw, uh, you know, the first hosts—not the hosts, but the unofficial—Amy uh, Poehler, Tina Fey, and uh, uh, Maya Rudolph, uh, their little segment in there uh, as a viral moment. I mean, yeah. So I think there were arguably, and of course, you know, leading off the the show, you had Queen and Adam Lambert performing. So. I don't know. I mean, you're saying that this lacked uh, the viral moments. I, I think there were some there, and I'm sure those were the, the sort of things that people were streaming and, and talking about uh, on social media, even as it, as the event was happening. And the sound of crickets chirping. Chirp, 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 chirp. Mike. Is Mike with us? Have I left Mike speechless? Is Mike still there? Wow. I, I think. I think... Sorry, sorry, we were having a technical problem. Ah. Um, I couldn't get my phone to go back on. Okay, <laughs> I am here. I am here. Okay, so you heard my you heard my little um uh, my little argument. I did. There. I accidentally hit mute on my um on my fancy <laughs> wireless headphones that I'm talking to you. Look at my why am I not talking here? Um, technical difficulties we can't control here on the podcast, my friends. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, I'm listening to you, and I was making million dollar bets of myself. You missed. What I would have thought you would have brought up of being of a certain age of as the viral moment that I did see. Oh, wait a minute. I think I think I know. Well, you're going to have to remind me what was it. I, I didn't write it down, so that's probably why I forgot it. Brief. What? It was brief, but it was excellent. Brief but excellent. Uh, I I know there was something else. As soon as you're saying this, it's kind of making me think about it, but I'm not going to remember. Hey, gonna, when I tell you, you're going to hurl. Oh right, Wayne's World. Wayne's Sorry. World. Yeah. Okay. Well, of course, the Bohemian Rhapsody tie, and that made plenty of sense. I like that they introduced the clip. I mean, it makes plenty of sense, and that's the way they should have done it. They didn't overdo that segment. They didn't they, come on costume. That would have just looked sad. Yeah, yeah, that would have been bad. Yeah, but, I think you know, so. coming out in the characters, I think was was fine. Right. It, well, they know, have a dress perfectly. code at these events, so they they couldn't have come out in costume. Even I mean, not that well. They well, can't. They can't have too much of a dress code if you have somebody well, walking so with a bunch of stuffed animals. Do. Yeah, I know. Well, but that was spoofing a current movie, not a okay. You know, uh, explain Bjork and her I, I, swan I, I, dress. I, I, I had a while back, back up a little bit. We're talking about about viral moments, and this is back 
This is a while ago. It could be 10, 10 years ago. I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. Still sticks with me, though. That's the thing. There, there weren't a lot of moments that would stick with you forever. But this one still sticks with me. It was Jack Black, and you can look this up online. Jack Black and Will Ferrell came out, and they they did the... Um, they did the... Uh, what they were talking about, what the music made when, when people talk too long, and they actually sang the words to it. It was basically just how, how you were boring. Oh, I think I kind of remember yeah. that, yeah. That was one of the funniest moments. They, they did they have those spontaneously funny moments. I mean, there, there were a couple of, yeah, Olivia Coleman's speech, I guess, was really good. Queen was really good. Um, but in a four, close to four-hour show, it, just, it, it, it wasn't close to four hours. It was about three. It clocked in at about three fifteen. It was over by like eleven fifteen. They didn't go that far over. I, I, well, I, you know what? And I, I was I'll, watching it live. I know you guys weren't, so I'm gonna I'm gonna defend the time limit. Uh, and they said it was a little. Sh- they said it was about fifteen minutes shorter than last year, because they didn't have a host in part. Okay. But it was almost four. It what? That's what I read. I, yeah, I read it was four hours last year. Now, I could be wrong. I mean, I no, really... I don't know. Well, they, they said that they saved some time off it this year, and I think it came in at about 3.15, I, I want to say, because it started right at 8, and it, I think it was about 11.15 when it ended. Yeah, I was I was long asleep. Long okay, have gone fair enough. years where I right. stayed up to watch <laughs> the end of it. It was like, I, you know, I just can't. And, you know, I just can't. And the part of it was like, I, I just don't care. I mean, it wasn't... There wasn't a, a performance or an actor I wanted to see honored, and um, I, I want to go back and look. My favorite part of the Oscars, and they've gone away from this for the last few years, is the dead people. They now have someone usually performing a song over it, so you can't hear the applause in the audience. That Well, that's, okay, they, they totally did away with that this year. And I don't know if well, no, they didn't. They well, didn't they, go away with no, the immemorium well, part. But, no, 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 no. They, no, they did the immemorium, but they had the uh, the uh, lo, uh, the music, the, well, the orc- the like the uh, Los Angeles Philharmonic or something yes. like that was playing uh, John Williams. No, no, you could not. No. And I and I was and I thought I, that was lacking. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was because the audience was silent. Or because they simply didn't pipe the, or they didn't broadcast the the accord the. Uh, the audience wasn't the audience, mics for their reaction, the right? Audi- they, they, well, they yeah, mute, but they even, muted them. You would think if the orchestra was mic'd, you still would have heard you something. You get, like, these loud reactions, then it would be like... Yeah, how did Penny Marshall get no reaction during that In Memoriam segment? Right. That surprised that's me. And they I, even kept her on screen a little I longer. I watched it. Who was the last of feature? Was it Penny Marshall? She wasn't the last. She, she was, was sort of in the, the middle. Last. She was, yeah. She I don't was think there was. I don't the think end. they ended on a big name. I, I think no, they ended on... You know, there weren't... It felt like it was... I don't know. For me, it felt like... Like they let somehow left people out, and I know they always. I know that's the always the argument that somehow they did leave someone out, but there weren't that many big names. There were a lot of names that I'm sure people in Hollywood knew very well. A lot of behind the scenes folks, but right. you know there weren't a lot of you know big Stuck actors. Kelton. You want to start killing some big names? Get the Oscar ratings up next year. Just do me a favor. Leave Betty White alone. She's a national treasure. All right. I, I knew I walked right into that one, but I just—I was just saying. But whichever the case may be, I there was a there was a distinct lack of uh, crowd reaction to the immemorium, and I wasn't sure if it was because the crowd simply didn't do it and did it out of respect, yeah. or if they just didn't broadcast. Yeah, that. it's not that it was lacking, Matt. It was non-existent, and frankly, it felt weird. It, it was—it's kind of like watching, you know. And I'll make a again. I'm going to show my age here. Uh, watching old sitcoms without laugh tracks, 
when they leave out the laugh track, like I know, I know there's a lot of, this could be a, a whole other show topic. Right. Why the laugh track destroys television. I'm sorry. I grew up on it. When I watch shows with laugh tracks, I, I like the laugh track. It doesn't, it doesn't ruin the performance for me. Right. And when it's not there, it feels hold weird. On, hold on, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. And, and Matt, you're, you, you can witness the face when he realizes that I'm going to get him on the fine point of reason here. Because <laughs> I've known him long enough. It doesn't mean that I don't like shows that don't have laugh tracks. I'm just saying. Oh, oh, I've got a sitcom that does not have... If it had a laugh track, and it may have had it at the beginning, but... (laughs) Jay Sherman, right? You're going to go Jay Sherman on me? No. No, okay. (laughs) All right. Classic one, M.A.S.H. Well, no, but M.A.S.H. did have a laugh track, actually. In the later years, it didn't, but in the early years, the early episodes did. And they got rid of it, and did it ruin it for you? I'll answer. Well, they didn't really get rid of it. There was just a lot of. There were a lot more serious episodes that didn't feature it. But there's even some episodes now. I've in believe that's a show I I watched. I keep watching it all the time. Never had a laugh track in the upgrade room. No, 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 right, right. I think they did the first time, and then they realized they got rid of it. And but, but here's the thing too: on some of the re-edits, because I've I've watched each episode so many times that like I even know where the laugh track should be inserted at this point. There are some episodes now in the rerunning of them that they've omitted the laugh track. It was originally there, and it's gone, and I can tell, and it's just kind of weird because there's a moment where you, there's a punchline, and you're you're waiting for the laugh, and it, it you know, yeah, it's it's just not there. I don't know. I, anyway, don't. I, I didn't mean to veer off on that tangent, but anyway. Matt does not need a laugh track. Scrubs does not need a laugh track. So my point is, getting back to the topic we were discussing here, Immemorial, you know, I thought it was very... Because he knows I've got him on the fine point of reason. No, no, you did. No, Mike, I'm not to, I'm not going to debate on, on MASH. No, you're right. There's certainly... What happened to Chuck Cunningham, anyway? No, for the record, though, Mike, I mean, from, from the first season to the, se- the 11th and final season of MASH, there were episodes that had laugh tracks in them. There were a lot of other episodes that did not. I, so it's kind of a, I, but I'm not going to, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to debate that. And believe me, it's my time for the show. question. What uh, happened to Chuck Cunningham? Is uh, well, Howard Cunningham keeping him tied up in the end? Yeah, you know, see, we need like an X-Files investigation on the disappearance of Chuck Cunningham. Chuck Cunningham's bedroom? Let's steer this back on course. We were talking about the in memoriam segment during right. the Oscars here. Welcome to the TOST TTL Toddcast. Todd Blonares, Matt Gandolfo, and Mike Hickens here. And uh, we are uh, talking about the Oscars <laughs> with some uh, occasional occasionally tangent, occasional <laughs> tangents into Chuck Cunningham's bedroom. But anyway, uh, so here we are. Todd, 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 I got to interrupt you for one second. Of course, of course you, you do. do. <laughs> I have to explain to the audience. It's an inside joke I've done, Todd, for decades. And there was a night we were out watching, I think it was a meteor shower, and we got into what could be deemed as the most inane conversation ever about rooms and sitcom houses you never saw. And the inside joke between Todd and I is we've never seen Chuck Cunningham's bedroom. So for years, that has been a private joke between Todd and I about Chuck Cunningham's bedroom. And believe me, we've had a lot of... myself just to say that I'm not really trying to give him a hard time. I'm just doing an inside joke. We appreciate that, Mike. I think the audience does, too. For the record, Mike, you know, we've we've had many inane conversations over the years, and I've enjoyed every one of them. Uh, But... Rod Barr and the baseball cards. I can't even explain that one. Yeah, let's just... Let's just just not... Okay, back to the original point about the immemorium here. All you, you know... So the orchestra's playing very loudly. If you even felt like, you know, Matt, to your point, I think the orchestra sounds 
sounded like they were even louder than they normally are. And you just mm-hmm. could hear no audience reaction at all, right. which to me is wrong. I think I, – I, I understand. I think there was a controversy with this because in the past it's like, well, some people get more cheers than others. Okay, well, some people are more well-known than others. I think that's what and it And more popular down. than others. Right. It's just the way it And it it's not works. a knock on the people that aren't well-known that they don't get as much applause. I mean, yes, I mean, all the deaths are tragic and – they're sad and you know some people if you're more well known if you're an actor and actress you're on the screen all the time people are going to know you more than someone who works as a makeup artist or, or, or you know cinematographer special, or, or something right exactly right like that's that, not a right? knock on anything of what they do so it's just i mean it is what it is i did think it was weird certainly you know when you saw the actors and the actresses that passed away over the last year pop up on screen and they got extended looks because people knew who they were and there was no reaction from the audience it just right. felt a little and empty I, it, it was weird because it started with you know some some of the more obscure uh, people, and then and I noticed that it wasn't there. I said, all right, but you know maybe it's just you know it's the people. And then they had Burt Reynolds, and then with there was a distinct wow, nothing with Burt Reynolds. Uh, so did I, mm. uh, until they showed him, and then I was like, oh my god, Burt Reynolds died. And it was at that point that I realized there, there's no reaction whatsoever. And then it it, it just continued on through the entire segment and i i i was wondering whether or not it was a conscious decision by the uh by the director or the 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 the, you know abc not to broadcast it or if it was something that everyone was in agreement with that they would be you know solemn during that and not react the way they normally would but I don't know what I don't know which it was. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't know what the, what they did there. But it, it, you're right; it felt a little different for sure. But if I ever run into anyone who I know was attending said event, I'll be sure to ask them because mm. <laughs> I I need to know. Uh, let me ask you guys about a couple other uh, sort of organic highlights or viral moments. Um, I know there's been a lot of conversation about Spike Lee, and by the way, I think he does deserve some congratulations for getting his first Oscar, uh, you know, being recognized by the Academy. I thought the very first time we saw him, uh, when he he got the award um, for uh, uh, Best Adapted Screenplay. Best Adapted Screenplay for Black Klansman, yeah. Right. Uh, He ran up on stage and jumped into Samuel L. Jackson's arms, a la Christian Vasquez, jumping into Chris Sale's arms after the final out of this uh, last year's World Series. So... You know, I kind of – I liked that. And I also like the fact that Samuel L. Jackson even pointed out that uh, Spike Lee – here's where I get my sports hat on. Uh, Spike Lee, who, of course, is a New York Knicks season ticket holder, was not at the game. There was a, The Knicks had played that evening, and they actually won without Spike Lee in the audience. And Samuel L. Jackson just had to point that out. I thought that, too, was kind of humorous. Right. Um, I, you know. I did, too. So, so that was kind of – that was all fun. Uh, his acceptance speech aside um, – you know, well, I mean, but so what did you guys, uh, your thoughts about that? And then also, if you want to kind of, uh, I'll throw in another topic as well. Uh, Glenn Close, 0 for 7 now. Uh, I was surprised she didn't get Best Actress here. Uh, they, they gave it to Olivia Coleman, a first-timer, I think first-time nominee, I should say. Right. Um, well, there were there were actually a lot of first-time nominees, first-time, win- you know. Which is why I thought, I think that's too. why she, I think that's why Glenn Close was considered a heavy favorite to, to win Perhaps. the category. Well, yeah, because um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, well. But anyway, okay, your guys' thoughts. Well, Matt, we'll start with you. What, what do you? Uh... Um, I to be perfectly honest with you, I did not listen to much of Spike Lee's uh, speech, um, and I don't know why. It's just I think it was just because it was getting really late and I wanted to get to bed, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just started fast forwarding through. I would, I started listening to the beginning, 
And and I did this for every speech for everyone. And then I was like, all right, so that's done. And I would fast forward to the end of the speech and move on to the next one just because I it was like 1130, quarter 12 on a school night. And I was tired to get to bed. Um, and so I didn't really catch much of his speech. I don't know at which point in time it started to really turn political. Um but I know it was right at the end because I did catch that portion of it as I was uh, just moving along. Um, I'm not a big fan of the the political speeches, and you and I were you know, kind of talking about that before we went on the air. And I mean, I'm not a big fan of using that particular platform for that uh, for that or using that venue. Uh, for but you do understand do the reason why they oh, do it of because they I know do. the most because they have the the they ratings have, right you know? exactly I mean it's, that's it's the biggest audience for them uh, you know to, to do right it. that's that's where you have you know people just spurting out in the middle of a live broadcast that uh, you know George Bush doesn't care about black people because they know they've got the audience to do it and nobody's going to stop them you know but mm-hmm. I'm not a not a big fan of of that and for. Uh, what is it, Glenn Close, you were saying? Yeah. Uh, it's That's just one of those things. How long? It's just the way it works sometimes. It's just not your. Yeah, but, I, you know, they figured a lot of people thought she was going to win this year as kind of almost like a lifetime, a lifetime achievement. achievement. Like, this wasn't probably her best performance. And I didn't, honestly, probably, I didn't see the movie. So. Yeah, nor did I. But I don't think, I mean, she's going to have a lot. I, I would hope that she would have many more opportunities to grace that stage and pick up her statuette. Well, she is 71. I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, that's, but she no, I know. That's she's, not that she old. She and... looks remarkable for her age. Yes, sure. So, and she, it's not like she's lost any of her abilities over the years. So I would anticipate that she will be there again and will have more opportunities in the future. Um, you know, I don't think she's not getting roles because yeah. of her age or, or anything. Well, now like there's that, more so. pressure for her to get nominated too, because they have to get her back to get her a chance to win. See, if she if she finally did win the thing, then they could stop then nominating. The her. Off. Well, right, then they could stop nominating her too. <laughs> she's like the Susan Lucci. Well, I was yeah, that the, uh, that's Lucci, who I was trying to think for of. Lucci, Susan if Lucci. I remember correctly, it was like twenty times though. So it I think Glenn Close has got a ways to go. I don't right. think she's going to make it to twenty. It was eighteen or twenty. Yeah, I think, for Lucci. Like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I mean, that's, I mean, is it, and I don't think she was, she didn't appear to be, at least anyway, the public face of it, to be disappointed in any way, but that very well may have been just because of the total uh, organic reaction of uh, Olivia Coleman too. Well, right. So, Olivia Coleman was very classy in her. Acceptance. I, she even said that she she felt bad that, that Glenn Close right, didn't and win. Personally, I that, I thought that was the the greatest moment of the broadcast entirely was her accepted speech. Um, so much so that the the following morning, Tuesday morning, uh, sitting with my wife and I actually said, "All right, we're not watching news right now. I have to show you this." And I went back and showed her, and she was like, "All right, that I'll I'll agree. That was that was pretty sweet." Um, did you did you catch that, Mike, at all? Or yeah, no? Mike, you're going to be in London this summer. You're going to go seek out Olivia Coleman and thank her for her great acceptance speech. <laughs> I, I I I am. Um, I I did not see her speech. I have to go uh-huh. back and look at it. Uh, my time in London is going to be spent um, mostly on Harry Potter related things, uh, including actually a tour of the Harry. A tour of the what? Well, you got blocked. You you cut out again. What did you? Uh... A tour of the Warner Brothers studio where Harry Potter was actually filmed. Mm. You 
to walk on the actual set. Mike, if I have one request to your upcoming trip, I demand a photo of the actual train station stop uh, for the the Hogwarts train. Don't you're going to get it. I'm also going to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. (laughs) And, uh, frankly, I know him. Going over there, a little girl who's obsessed with Alexander Hamilton, as all ten-year-olds are, aren't they? Of course, right. Hamilton. Actually, I think a lot more ten-year-olds are, are obsessed with it now than than they used to be. Mike, did you say you were going to see Hamlet too, or something? Or no, Hamilton. I'm sorry. You should go see while, while you're in London, though. You should go see an authentic Shakespearean play when you when you can squeeze that in between Harry you're Potter. Going and, to, but okay. My daughter wants to see Hamilton while we're in London, and I don't like to stand on because um, she hasn't given my wife and I for seeing Hamilton while it was in Boston, and we did take her. And she still hasn't forgiven us. So, right. So, to make it up to her, you're flying across the pond and going to take her to see Hamilton. <laughs> right, right. Of course, of course, because that's what that's what all good parents do. <laughs> um, getting back, I didn't see. I didn't see either. In fact, I, I think we should probably just move on. Um, I didn't see Spike Lee's speech. Not a big Spike Lee fan, so let's just let's move ahead with this next. Okay. That's wow. All, wow, that's all you got. What all about right, what so about Glenn Close? Did you want you didn't want to mention anything about her either or that was I'm not a Glenn Close fan either. Okay. I know something that you know, uh, he's going to have to he's going to get very upset about. What Mike's going to get upset about? Yeah, they, um, what? Glenn Close knows no. what she did. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, not no. Animated feature. Mike's upset about uh, Mike. Can we pull you away from whatever you're doing and, and concentrate on the Todd cast here? Is that what's uh, what's going on? I, what... I, you know, Todd, my brain is so engaged in everything that I need to have it engaged in four different directions because I'm trying to solve all the world's problems. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Okay. So, so okay. Matt, go ahead. I, well, I was just glancing at my list of uh, winners here, and I, I came across animated feature. Um. Uh, and I know that there was a there was a movie on your list of top ten grossing movies that you were quite enthralled with, that was nominated for the best animated feature, was it not? I I don't know if Incredibles two was. It was. I I, I, I watched. I watched. It, it yeah, was. it was. I, it. Did, I did not see Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Nor did um, I. I didn't get a chance to. If you guys missed this, and you you may have, I don't know if you fast forwarded over this particular segment in the ceremony uh, Sunday night, but uh, I will say this: the audience reacted the strongest towards the Spider-Man movie, and the entire audience wanted that movie to get named Best Animated Picture. They Incredibles two got barely a, a ripple from the audience as far as a reaction, <laughs> but when they when they read off all the movies and they read Spider Man, you could hear the cheers. It did get and more, it did. more of a reaction, and and then even when they said and the and the Oscar goes to oh yeah, and then you could you could tell the audience was reacting to them reading. They knew what name was going to be read, and as soon as they read Spider Man, they were all. I mean, so I think it was kind of a slam dunk unanimous choice as far as everyone sitting in that theater was concerned. <laughs> uh, you know, I I. Saw Incredibles two. I did not see the Spider Verse movie, so I can't vouch for that one. I heard it was really good. In- I'm actually glad it won because it's very different. Now, Incredibles two was a fantastic movie. Yes. Um, and I, I want to. I you know I want when we're done with this. I want to circle back to something about Incredibles two. Um, but I'll I'll finish this point. Is 
from what I heard, Spider-Man was incredibly unique. Incredibles 2 was a great movie, but it was a sequel. We, we've seen these characters. They waited, t- they waited a number of years. It was 10 or more. Uh, like, I think it was 14. But 14. It was a really good, solid story. Here's the other problem. They, they waited 14 years, and they went up against the Spider-Man movie. That was the problem. <laughs> they picked the wrong year to bring it out. But you know what? I don't think they're crying because I think they made I think they made their money back on it. So probably. Um, you know what? I, I like the fact the superhero movie won. You know, it's the first time a Marvel movie has won an award. I'm I'm, I'm happy with that. I mean, I, I and I intend on seeing it. In fact, I was going to actually go see it one night, and a friend of mine decided he didn't want to see an animated movie, and we went to see Creed two instead. Also good. Which. Yeah, I didn't regret Creed 2 at all. I thought Creed 2 was phenomenal. But, yes. um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm happy with that. But just, just indulge me for a second so I don't forget my point. What I want to circle back to is um, did, you, did you guys see Incredible 2 in the theaters? Yes. No. Okay. No. Did you either of you see Mary Poppins Returns in the theaters? No. No. Okay. What they both had in common, which I thought was unusual, and it, it, it says something about the state of movie going, is they both opened with a statement from the act, either the actors or the directors. And in the case of The Incredibles 2, it was a lot of the voice cast and the, and the director, and in Mary Poppins 2, it was the direction the producers. Talking about the movie, it was almost like a little intro to the movie. Both of them, though, at one point, Thank you for seeing it in the theater, which to me was telling because I had never seen that before, where, where a movie in the theater was thanking you for coming to the theater. And the fact that Netflix had a movie nominated this year, I believe for Best Picture, but it was nominated for the major awards at Roma. Yes. Oh, it was nominated. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was nominated. I believe it was, yeah. Yeah. It tells me that that's that the change in Oscars. It's a change the way people consume movies. Well, right, and then actually uh, Alfonso Cuaron, the uh, director of Roma, got the best director. for best director. Yeah, he did. Okay, so and and that you know, and that's on Netflix right now, and it it was streaming and released. The fact and it that won best foreign language film too, which owns pretty much every entertainment option at this point, and best cinematography. But, with thanking you for seeing a movie in the theaters tells me that, that, that there's going to be a fundamental change in the next five or ten years of how movies are done. Sure. And that gets back to what the Oscars need to do is that, it circles back to my point, is that movies are not consumed, like, you know, 20 years ago, Todd, when you and I would go to a movie on a Friday night, and, you know, that that's that's not as common anymore. I mean, it's still there. But, you know, you can, you can flick a movie on on your TV. People wait now. You can watch things on demand. It doesn't even matter on the biggest screen. People will watch it. I mean, I'm, I'm holding my cell phone in my hand. I have a Galaxy S7. I can watch the movie. You know, Mike, I was about to ask, you know, what you're, everything you're saying is true, and I think that trend has already started. However, mm-hmm. you know, how are these movies making so much money? And then, of course, it just dawned on me that, you know, the ticket prices – it almost feels like it's too bad that since they started recording records, they couldn't count 
like number of tickets sold as opposed to the the amount of money it grossed because it's kind of unfair i mean you know 30 years ago ticket prices were a third of what they are now if that yeah. and you know so so of course movies today are going to make more money and of course the next movie is going to make more money because they keep raising the ticket prices but uh it's too bad they don't actually do a head count because what you're saying i mean to me it feels like well people must be going to see these movies because they're making a lot of money but you're right maybe the average number of people that are going to see black panther or just I just randomly threw that up as a as a movie from today compared to say Star Wars nineteen seventy seven you know or Empire Strikes Back after the first one caught fire I don't know you know nineteen eighty we're all of a, we're all of about as adults about the same age really. yes yes uh, Matt's, Matt's, Matt's a bit younger than I am I am the the uh, whippersnapper yes what <laughs> yes but you you've got a gray beard there Matt as I'm I staring do. at you here <laughs> in the uh, Todd in the uh, studio you, what's that. What did you say? I, I mentioned that Matt has I'm, a gray beard, even though he is the young whippersnapper of the, of the right. trio. Here. And I, I meant I said I am the whippersnapper. Yeah, yeah, you're the whippersnapper. But but as it is, I mean, we're we're all old. We're all old. <laughs> yeah, yes, we're, all, we're getting there. But but think about it. we're considered irrelevant by <laughs> demographic standards. You gotta go out on a on a Friday or Saturday night to see a movie in the theater. Pay ten or twelve bucks to see the movie. You know. Five bucks for popcorn or whatever, and then you know. What theater are you going to? <laughs> I don't. This dude, like I don't know what the hell you're what talking, talking about. Going to? I brought two kids to see one movie on Friday <laughs> this past Friday and saying, dropped seventy that. bucks. <laughs> seventy bucks to go see seventy bucks, and it was yeah. I, I went. I brought. Uh, I brought the two boys to see uh, How to Train Your Dragon. How much was that? I uh, all in all. Was about yep. 70, 75 bucks after tickets and concessions. And so. that's for the game. Or, or would you rather have the boys wait three months and say, hey, you want to see a house? Again, it's like a button on your TV, and all of a sudden it shows up. Um, and you pay three ninety nine to see it, and you pop up a thing of popcorn for another buck. You're right. That's where the movies are going. Getting expensive to see this. It's going to be a special occasion. Right. right. <laughs> I, uh, we have a guest star right now. She's not going to speak, but oh. the latest movie goal in the world has just came in the room to say goodnight. Well, good night. Well, good night, Allie. My fellow, she can't hear my but... fellow Lego adventurer. Good night, <laughs> Allie. Yo, good night. Good night, Allie. Good night, Allie. Great to hear from her as always. <laughs> a Lego movie too with me, and I kept it for. Just... I, oh, and they have to Teddy the Wonder Dog. I wonder why he's here. Good night, Teddy. The Wonder Dog. I'm, I'm actually up in my room. Teddy has to now be dismissed from my bedroom because he's blind, deaf, and insane. But he sure plays a mean pinball. But, um. Nice. After like position, that. Right, Be- the better than the other. Lego movie, too. <laughs> and once again, I was the one that laughed a lot of us in the theater. Right. Well. So that's, did you like lo- since we're mentioning Lego Movie Two, Mike? Uh, did you like it better than the original? Mike? No. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, but but it was a hesitant no because I I think the only reason I want to say no is because Lego Movie was so special because of the ending of it where you saw what the whole point of the movie was and that kind of reveal of what was going on. 
Lego Movie 2 continues the story, but you kind of know what's going on, so you don't have that, like, really meaningful reveal at the end of it. Right. Well, point, there is a little one. Yep. Being said, it's clever. They actually bring back the song, Everything is Awesome, and change it to Everything is Not Awesome, and it works. <laughs> um, they actually Sadly, bring does. back a great... Oh my God! And 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 the two of you, especially Todd, if you watch the first one, there's a cameo with the Star Wars characters in it. Mm-hmm. That was great. If that was an A, the cameo they bring into the second one of another '80s movie oh. is an A double plus. All right. Well, I'll be honest. I haven't seen the the entirety of the first Lego movie. I've seen probably about two thirds of it, but. And in fact, I don't think I've seen the end that you're referencing, so don't spoil it for me. I'll have to go and watch it at some point. Next time you're at my house, you will be, in fact, watching the Lego movie and, in fact, the very underrated Lego Batman movie. Uh, But um, but there is a cameo involving a very famous actor in one of his iconic 80s movie roles that I almost died because I didn't think they were going to do it, and they did. I could take a wild guess, um, but I won't. But that's all right. I don't want to spoil it for anyone else who maybe guess. hasn't I want seen it. I what the wild guess is. Uh, Michael J. Fox is Marty McFly. Not even close. Okay, well, that was my wild guess. You said 80s, iconic 80s actor. I, well, I went there. Well, it's actually, it's actually, it's, it's because there was actually a Lego set that did the DeLorean, and that figures into the movie, but this isn't even close to what the, what the cameo was. Um... Well, also, I can't get the DeLorean out of my mind anymore thanks to those Walmart commercials. So it's. Uh... <laughs> I also can't get Gary Newman's cars out of my mind, that freaking one-hit wonder of a song. Anyway, uh, you know, that song was okay when you heard it once a year. Clever. You know, and, and once again, Matt can speak to this. You know, you go to a lot of these kids' movies, and most of them you just want to poke your eyes out. <laughs> the Lego Movie 2 is another one where you go and you went, all right, I felt like I was entertained for an hour and a half. Was it a deep, meaningful movie? Absolutely not. Did I get Did I get some pretty good laughs out of a cleverly well written movie that that did not insult adults? Absolutely. And 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 that's what the Lego movie was. That's what the Lego Batman movie was. In fact, knowing you, Todd, you would love the Lego Batman movie over the Lego movie. Okay, I'll, um, I'll take your word for Lego it. Lego Batman movie is very well done for adults. Okay. Yeah, that's it's something, another one I haven't seen yet, but it's definitely on my list. Hey, Mike, when you started this conversation, you wanted to make a point about uh, Incredibles 2. Well, I'm going to bring this back, uh, talking about Incredibles 2, because I believe okay, I believe okay. what I'm about to say is true, and it ties back into the Oscars this year. Uh, they showed a little short before the Incredibles 2, at least at the theater I went to see it at, and I believe that uh, was this year's winner for Best Animated Short. Oh, The wow. movie Bow, Bow. Bow. Yes. That right. was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. I'm glad it won because it was, it was... I'm glad it won because it was the only short that I had seen of the bunch. I said, thank I, you. I saw that. <laughs> I, I saw that in theaters, too, and I don't remember what I saw it in front of, though, but it, uh, it well, wasn't incredible. I'm going to say that only because I think that's the only animated movie I went to see last year was Incredibles 2, so I, I'm pretty sure it was the movie before. I, I think sure it was, that. Matt. I, I, I think... I. Unlike you guys, I don't go. I mean, I understand why you guys go to see all the animated movies, but uh, I. Uh, Isn't Cheryl the only one that does shorts before the movies for the in the Disney family? And and that definitely was a a Disney Pixar thing because I saw it in the theater too, so I'm pretty sure it was incredible too. Uh, yeah, it was strange, um, but it was good. It was mm-hmm. emotional. Um, 
yeah, I'm glad it won. Yeah. You know, but I don't know what else I could say about it. It was a woman making little bow buns out of a kid. I mean, it was strange. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah. it was pretty unique, but, um, I had totally forgotten about it until they were going through the list of nominations. I was like, oh, yeah, I did see yeah, that. Well, and I was and like, the, I, I was oh, that looks f- so much better than every other one that they just yeah, had there. That's got to win. <laughs> I, I agreed. I said, yeah, you got to give it to that. You know, I saw that one. I always like it when some something wins that I've seen, which doesn't always happen to be the case. And certainly this year with the best picture, I, I didn't see Green Book. But I did see, of course, Bohemian Rhapsody, which we talked about the last time mm-hmm. we all got together. And congratula- congratulations to Rami Malek uh, for getting uh, best actor. I mean, he was in a, there was some good competition there. I, I honestly mm-hmm. thought they were going to give it to Christian Bale. I mean, I did not see his Dick Cheney performance, but I, I mean, from the clips I saw, and, and you know, it's incredible how he looked and sounded like Dick Cheney, and I thought for that alone he would have gotten it. But, you know, Rami Malek, also a very good choice for his portrayal of Freddie Mercury. Right, well, and Bohemian it's Rhapsody. one of those things where in this particular, this year, you had multiple people who were portraying actual people. Which, for some reason, that always seems to give you a little bit of a leg up over the competition when you're doing that. If, case in point, Gary Oldman last year winning for Churchill. Churchill, yeah, I was, I was, I was hoping it for a second. That's okay. Um, so that's why when you got into this, you had uh, you had uh, Christian Bale as Cheney, you had uh, Malik as uh, Freddie Mercury. The um, in Green Book isn't that based on? Is that actually is that fact based? Story. Yeah, it's based on. Okay, yeah. so I mean Viggo, these are Viggo Mortison, yeah. Yeah, so I mean these are these are who would have also been a good choice. Real characters too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this was this was really heavy this year on people who are portraying actual uh, actual people from the past. Uh, so and so I mean I think that uh, that made it a little bit more you know kind of. Didn't give anyone that that you know that leg up this year that you would normally see. Yeah, anyway, that was my thought on it anyway. Mike, and, you want to share any other follow up thoughts there? Or? No, I think he covered it pretty much pretty much well. I mean, it was okay. You know what it was. I wonder if someone portraying Cheney, you know, has a bias because people in Hollywood generally you know don't have the impression of Dick Cheney, but, um, you know, I don't know that for the for the case. So, yeah, no, I think Matt covered it pretty well. Well, yeah, I mean, Christian Bale's won before, too. Maybe they just wanted a fresh face in there. Again, maybe the diversity. Uh, Rami Malek's parents are Egyptian. Uh, he was actually born in the United States. He's, I think, a first-generation mm-hmm. Egyptian-American. Uh, but, Does that uh, mean he walks like an Egyptian? Yeah, they, 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 he wasn't played off to the Bengals, if that's what you're asking. I know that's what... Uh, that would have been awesome. By the way, uh, you know, with lack of a clear-cut favorite for Best Picture or anything this year, you could clearly see a split vote. I mean, Green Book, uh, you know, won for Best Picture, and then uh, uh, Mahershala Ali, I uh, hope I'm pronouncing that right, got uh, Best Supporting Actor, and uh, also uh, the movie was awarded for Original Screenplay, but then you had Roma winning the multiple awards that we mentioned, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody got uh, Rami Malek as well as sound editing, film editing. I mean, every it looked like all the big movies this year that were in the nominating uh, field, each one like two or three Oscars each. There wasn't one big winner this year, uh, which just kind of tells you how divided a field it was. And, you know, they could have they could have named anything. Right. Meanwhile, uh, Mike's house is haunted, apparently. We just heard the sound of, uh, I think, the ghost uh, rustling chains over there or something. Uh, you okay there, Mike? 
I didn't hear anything. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> That's really bizarre. Um, yeah, my house might be haunted. Um, you weren't just, you didn't have a mouthful of chips or anything? Nothing like that? What? Yeah, you, you didn't have a mouthful of chips or anything? I'm, I'm laying in my bed. Oh, okay. Mm, you know, right. you've, you've all met my wife. Do you think you're going to eat potato chips in bed? No. <laughs> but, kill me. Yeah, of course you would. <laughs> you've all met her. She's a formidable woman. Mm, that she is. And we love Maureen. We do. Uh, again, we wish Maureen our best as well. Because, boy, boy does she guys. need it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, any other Oscar thoughts while we're on this uh, topic? And, uh, well, I guess well, decide. I think Oscar the Grouch should be the permanent host. Okay. I would watch that just to see the trash can on the middle of the stage. And, and, and you know, if you want to see how good of a host he would be, you Google Night at the Museum, the, Smith, the one at the Smithsonian, which is Night at the Museum mm-hmm. Two, I think it is. Yeah. Google the Oscar the Grouch scene. Okay. We'll see. He's, he features with Darth Vader, and that's all I'm going to say. It's the greatest scene in American cinema. Hey, but speaking of hosts or non-hosts or folks who used to host the Oscars, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, of course, was not the host this year. Did he throw? Was his uh, not having an Oscar? Because I mean, his studio for his uh, late night talk show is like right down the street from where they have the uh, they have the Oscars. And usually on Oscar night, Sunday night, he'll do a special edition of the Jimmy Kimmel, you know, late night show. Jimmy Kimmel Live, yeah. Jimmy Kimmel Live. Sorry, late. It's not late night. I knew that, but anyway, Jimmy He's, Kimmel Live. Right. Thank you, JKL. Right, as they call. It. That's how I should remember it. But anyway, uh, he uh, he didn't do one this year. Was that his way of saying, you know, well, you know, screw you uh, for not oh, naming me no. host again? <laughs> I actually know what the reasoning was. Oh, what was it? Uh, because he just had a kid. And it was the first mm. night they were able to get a babysitter. And his wife is actually a very big fan of Disney. And Disney on Ice was performing at the Anaheim Pond. Oh. So what they did was they got a babysitter for the kids, and Jimmy took his wife to see Disney on Ice, which featured Frozen at the Anaheim Pond. So he was not able to do his show because he was at the Anaheim Pond watching Disney on Ice, Frozen, and Cinderella um, because he had the free on ice tickets because he's a Disney employee. And then they went out to dinner at the Olive Garden afterwards. So that's why they didn't do a special show because he was at Disney on Ice and the Olive Garden. Now I'm not sure you're telling the truth, Mike, because I did <laughs> I did catch his Monday night show at the beginning, and he mentioned he was watching the Oscars from his couch. I I have inside sources <laughs> that say that he went to Disney on Ice, the Anaheim Pond, okay, the Olive Garden, uh-huh. pulled the drive right outside of Disneyland. And when they came out, the fireworks from Disneyland was going up, so they stood in the parking lot and watched them, and then he went home. Uh, hey, sites, okay, fair enough. Well, speaking of sites... Mike told me that. Okay. Uh, well, Mike and Matt, speaking of sites from uh, Southern California, did you guys notice, I think, I forgot who the actress was who introduced this, uh, they mentioned that they're building a giant museum for the Academy of Arts and Sciences, which is going to be open. Yeah, uh, that was uh, Laura Dern. Right, I that's think, right. It was uh, Laura did that. Dern. I, and I didn't, to be honest with you, I wasn't paying very much attention to it. Uh, I, I barely I, was either until all of a sudden I saw, a vi- saw the video pop up on screen of them, you know, of the, the, the construction. Like a time-lapse construction sort of yeah. thing. Which I, it's, this could be I, a huge place. That's been in the works for a number of years, that museum. 
Are they going to actually start holding the Oscar ceremonies there? Are they going to put, a, like, a giant uh, amphitheater in there or something? Or is it just a museum? No, because the theater that they have it in was the Dolby Theater it's now. And it used to be the Kodak Theater. used to be the Kodak Theater. That was right. built for the Oscars. Okay. Yes, it was. Yes. Um, they, all right. So, yeah, they're not going to build another one. Okay. All right. So we're all in agreement. No host but next you know, year. Have you Hollywood where that theater is? It's basically like Revere Beach. <laughs> Hollywood is a dump. Right hmm. near that day. I mean, it is, like, awful. It's not glamorous at all. It's a, it's an inner, it, it, it's, it's, it's a kind of a gritty city where that theater is. I've been there. It, I was shocked. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's not the end of the day. Let's move ahead. Oh. I'll okay. have to take your word for it. Yeah, I guess I will, too. Um, but Well, uh, I'm a world traveler. What can I say? Right. Yes, you are indeed. Uh, no question about that. Well, all right. So we're all in agreement. Uh, no hosts for the Oscars, unless it's Oscar the Grouch, of course. Uh, otherwise, yeah. we don't we don't need one. The I don't think I don't think we need one. And I, let's see if they can get the ceremony shortened to two hours. Maybe they, like you said, eliminate some of the other categories. Well, I think just... they I think they really need to consider that. I mean, they you know they and they were some people who, who alluded to you know, not presenting this during the commercial break or something like that because they were going to do some of those more technical ones yeah. during the commercial break. That was their solution to help shorten the show. Which also led to another moment, apparently. Uh, the uh, the folks from the movie Vice uh, won for uh, best uh, makeup and hairstyling, I guess. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, some of the winners, there was a little bit of confusion. Uh, their names that I have listed, uh, Greg Canham, Kate Bisco, Patricia Dehaney. I guess they couldn't decide who should talk first and when they went up to have their 90 seconds uh they sort of stumbled and bumbled around and then they got played off and their mics were turned off and so you barely heard anything of them but yeah let me uh quick wrap up we didn't really talk about this but what you guys think of the I, I don't know i mean the 90 second limit seemed to work okay uh with me most of the uh winners uh, stuck to that uh for their acceptance speech but the thing is if you know ahead of time there's a 90 second time limit and that's actually from the moment they say your, say name, your name not right. from the moment you're up there uh, uh, you so you got to run up and you, people were joking about whether they'd be wearing sneakers and sprinting up to the uh you know to the microphone to do their speech but let me ask i mean do you think you know, well actually my point being here uh, if you're going to give, you know, if you know ahead of time it's 90 seconds and then you're going to sit there and, you know, I thought that they were, I did not think they were intentionally doing that. I thought that they just messed up. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if you already know there's a 90 second time limit, you're going to waste all your time on this. You deserve to get shut off. Now, uh, Matt, you and I were talking before we went on the, we were, we started recording and there was thought that maybe, uh, uh, that this was done intentionally as a protest because originally this uh, particular category would have been during the commercial break and they would have had three to four minutes to give a speech that no one would have heard. Or I guess they would have heard it. I don't know. I, I don't know how they were doing that for the sound of the commercial versus whatever. But Yeah, I don't know how they were going to be doing that either, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know, I don't know what they – because they never moved forward with the plan, so I never yeah. heard yes. – how they were going. I'd to like to thank my family, friends, the folks behind the movie. Oh, Subway! There, there, there's an ad running. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> right. So I mean, <laughs> I. It is what it is. Like I said, I think I think a, a lot of those should be should be moved to another uh, to another show, and just broadcast it on a different platform. And that's you know maybe stream it and you know stream it on you know Amazon or something like that. You know, if you can if you can pull it off or if it's on ABC, Disney's going to have their own streaming service uh, starting at the end of the year, uh, which is 
they could conceivably start, you know, releasing movies right to their streaming service instead of into theaters. I don't think they would uh, unless they think it's going to, you know, boost their uh, their subscribership. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. Yeah. Mike, fi- final thoughts on uh, the Oscars? Anything else you wanted to add? No, I think I'm good. I really think I'm good. Okay. Uh, all right. Do we? Well, now I I kind of opened this up. If we wanted to talk about other things, you guys had seen some movies, which we mentioned at the top. Do you want to talk a little bit about those? Or uh, uh, as I said, Mike, I'll give you a, a chance to give a shout out. I know you want to do your WWE. I don't want to call it a minute because I know you're going to take more than a minute anyway. But uh, some some good news that broke across even wrestling circles uh, and more. You know, it was out there on like the reg- it was out on regular websites too. Uh, Roman. Reigns uh, announcing his leukemia is in remission and he's going to be returning to the WWE ring. Yeah, that, that actually, fight. you know, all kidding aside, um, that was a really incredible. I actually watched it um, the night it happened when he came through, and that was a pretty powerful moment only because when you get beyond the storylines, he, he was the one getting a lot of, you know, he, he wasn't the most popular wrestler. I think it was because he was pushed so much, people got a little sick of it. Um, but what was powerful was the reaction of the crowd, and it was so genuine. It was more like you're finally seeing, okay, this isn't a character we're seeing. This is a guy, not Roman. His real name, his first name is Joe. This is Joe coming back. And that is really his first name, Joe, and I can't pronounce his last name. It's a Samoan name. I think his first, um, actually, Mike, I, I, in the story I read, it said his... No way or something like that? Well, it lists three and, It lists three names. Joseph's his middle name. Okay. His first but, but name when, is when, Liotti. But he was sick. He said when, when, he was, when, when he went out, he said, my real name is Joe. So okay. I, think, I think he goes by Joe. Right, okay. Um, whatever, but... It was it was more like let's welcome this man back, let's welcome this, you know, entertain this man who entertained us. We we may not like the character, but we realize this is this is a father, a husband, someone that went is going through a lot, and it was it was about a twenty minute segment, and a lot of it was just the crowd chanting chanting support for him. It was really powerful to watch, um, and, and a lot of times in WWE they go over the top. They allowed this to build organically, and to watch him come back, and you know his mother was there, and big hugs to his mother. His aunt was there, um, which is significant only because his aunt is actually the mother of Dwayne Johnson. He's The Rock's cousin. Um, it was a, it was a powerful moment, and I'm going to twist because I'm going to get back in the movies here. We're, we're talking about wrestling, um, just because I'm going to get it back. There's not much else. I mean, I'm glad. Um, there's a movie out right now. It just opened called Fighting with My Family, and it is the story of the WWE wrestler Paige, female wrestler. Um, it's a autobiographical movie, and even if you're not a wrestling fan, this is well worth seeing. It's produced by, by Dwayne Johnson. He's actually in the movie. Uh, and it's it's her story of coming up from this really blue-collar, hard-scrabble world in Norwich, England, 
where her whole family were wrestlers. Her mother and father ran this small-time wrestling production, and she rose from that uh, to go to the WWE. And you don't need to be a wrestling fan to watch it. It's incredibly well done. It's funny. It's poignant. Um, it's it's a it's a really good story. Now they they take some liberties with the truth, and you know because I'm a, I'm a fan of WWE, I know what the real reality of Paige's rise was. Um, and the one big thing they do is at the very end, you know, the, her big first match, the big triumphant match. I mean, clearly the result was predetermined. They don't make it look like it's predetermined in the movie. They make it look like it's an organic thing, which is forgivable because it makes for a better dramatic story. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, it's a great movie. Um, so don't sleep on, you know, don't dismiss it because it's the wrestling movie. This is a a well done story about about a about a young woman who is still she's been injured and she can't wrestle in the ring anymore, but she's still involved in WWE. Who came from nothing and made something of herself. And it's, it's, it's an excellent movie. It's an excellent story. It's very funny. It's very well told. It's acted very well, um, directed very well, shot very well. Um, it's, it's done well. So, you know, touching on my wrestling stuff, I'm very glad Roman Reigns is back. You know, WrestleMania is coming up. But Fighting With My Family is a movie, even if you're not a huge wrestling fan, well worth seeing. I, I truly enjoyed it. So, Mike, my, my only question about this is, is it considered a full-fledged movie or is it a documentary? No, it's a movie. It's, it, it's, it's, it's active. It's not for real people. Okay. It's, it's a fictionalized story. I mean, they've matched up together. It's, it's definitely all acted out. It's, it's, it's one of those basic... It, it, it's a biopic. It's like... It, it's on the idea of Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Which is based on, you know, the life of Freddie Mercury or stuff that's, that's fictionalized. That's what this is. It is a little of, you know, going to be best picture. I'm not saying that, but it's the kind of movie that that is. Okay. Uh, Matt, I think you had seen a movie recently you wanted to uh, mention. Well, uh, yeah, and I mentioned earlier that I brought brief. the boys to see uh, How to Train Your Dragon, the third uh, third and final movie, it's what I understand. Uh, and completing the trilogy. Okay. Completing the trilogy, and they did, uh, you know, and they they built in the they built the ending into uh, into the storyline. So it's going to be really hard for them to continue making those movies the way that this one ends. Um, I won't get into the details, obviously, but. Um, you know, for did me. Did you start the podcast again, Todd? No, no, no. I was doing something else. Sorry. <laughs> playing with his phone yes i was playing um, with my phone and uh yeah pulled up anyway, forgot that he had the the volume up yep um <laughs> i think yeah you know it doesn't matter if the volume's up i think it automatically pops up whether oh. you uh, i think gotcha. my phone was muted but it doesn't matter when i use that particular app anyway gotcha but Continue. whichever the case may be um it i didn't go for my own enjoyment was it a was it a good movie yeah, it, it, it was what it was i've seen the other two simply because oh. My youngest is crazy about that series. There's a uh, uh, there is a Netflix. Uh, there was a show on Netflix as well that had like six just different seasons uh, in over the course of the last few years as well. So he's into that too. So I have had to watch many hours of this particular set of characters. <laughs> so. Um, 
it was nice to see it all kind of bookend there. Um, I but you know my 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 joy was watching the kids enjoy. Train a dragon, however. After watching all this, could you in fact competently train dragon? I think I probably could, if I if I absolutely had to, absolutely. But yeah, I mean it was it it was enjoyable. Uh, It's certainly not. They don't throw a lot of adult humor in there like they do with the Lego movies and things like that. Things to, you know, since, you know, they know there are going to be a lot of parents there with their kids. They don't throw a ton of that in. Um, but it's, you know, and it, there were a couple of things that I had to point out to the to my youngest that, you know, didn't quite make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, that's, you know, artistic license, I suppose. But... So did the story wrap up though in a way that you felt, uh, or did your sons felt satisfied, or? Uh... Um, they seem to thoroughly enjoy it. So that I guess that's all that really matters. Um, True. So okay. they, you yeah. know they didn't yeah. seem all that upset that it wasn't going to move forward. But what you know, so be it. They've moved on to something else, another new character. Right. Or they'll yeah. you know they'll right. their time will be you know focused on you know Fortnite and Pokemon. You know who knows, but. I, I'm not getting into that either. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that was movie talk, friends. <laughs> Through the lens. Well, so the where one, have you been? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, at least that's what uh, I haven't had a chance to see much uh, in theaters recently. So um, most of the stuff I get to now is, you know, the Marvel, you know, the, the Marvel, the big ones, Marvels, the Star yeah. Wars, those, you know, those sorts of you know, big studio. Sure. And actually, Matt, I know before Mike called in, we were actually talking about this before we started uh, recording tonight. And, you know, I'm looking here at the Marvel movies that are coming out over the next uh, few months. And uh, I was just kind of, I was uh, pun intended here. I was marveling at the fact that the summer movie season no longer is, is Memorial Day weekend, or I should say the kickoff of the summer movie season. And it's no longer even the first Friday in May. Uh, now it's uh, you know now it's been pushed up to uh, at least based on the Avengers Endgame it's uh, that's uh, going to be released Friday April the twenty sixth uh, in theaters and then mm-hmm. uh, earlier in April will be uh, uh, well I, I should say they uh, did coming they up in a did couple move weeks, that in Marvel they did move so. that back a week though that that originally was the first Friday in May uh, but then they moved it back a week to correspond with its release all over the world. Apparently it was it, international releases was the week before and they didn't want to have a whole bunch of stuff online uh, before it released in the U.S. So they actually did change that to to make so it's now releasing on the same day yeah. uh, across the globe now. So that that actually was originally the first week in May. Okay. Um, so maybe certainly that's a why it's yeah there. certainly a busy summer uh, spring and summer for Marvel. Uh, of course, uh, in just a couple of weeks, Captain Marvel will be out. Uh, we mentioned Avengers, and then, of course, uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home will be out in July. Fourth of July weekend, yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, then there's also Shazam uh, on the DC side of things being played by Chuck, uh, for those of you who remember that television Actually, show. Shazam, Shazam looks great because it looks so unusual. Is that because— that, It uh, does look unusual. I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, it's unusual because it takes place at the Buy More, doesn't it, or no? Yeah, no, ha, 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 ha. But no, it looks funny. We, you I'm know, the only one here watching. It's yeah, unusual. I, I mean, yeah, and, and Disney's on a pace to make all of the money this year because they've got that Avengers Endgame, and whatever money they don't make will be made with Star Wars Episode Nine, which comes out, I believe, in December this year. 
Right. So, you know, Todd Die, our lives will be over, our movie lives will be over because the original Skywalker Star Wars saga will end this December with episode uh, nine. And let's not forget about, uh, well, I mean, we'll see how these go, but uh, the live action versions of the Lion King and Aladdin also. And oh, right. Yes. On, on what about Dumbo? That's, is it Dumbo? Live Dumbo. Version too? Yes. There's a Dumbo coming out. Too. Yeah. Dumbo, Dumbo, I'm not going to say because I find that story just way too depressing. <laughs> um, Aladdin is going to be a train wreck. Yeah, I don't know what to I'm expect. Oh, but that. come on, Will Smith's in it. He's guaranteed to bring money in, right? I mean, That's isn't that the his... reason it's going to be a train wreck. Well, now, are you, are you referring to Oh, come to on, Will Smith's money? feeling awfully blue about that. No. No. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, ha. You know, you know damn well that they were going to lose it's whether they the made him blue or not. Gorgeous. That'll be one that people go see in theaters, and and they're and they're and they're bringing people our age who saw it when they were younger, and now they have kids. Let's go see Lion King because it's in the theaters again. You know they've done. That. Oh please, oh please, Mike, can we go see it on a Tuesday night at like eleven thirty? Please, please, let me. <laughs> we have to go see it. Can I can I tell that story? Go ahead. Let's just close it all here on the Toddcast. Uh, I, I don't think this has ever been. Will, I've heard this one before. Lion King is twenty years old. Oh, good no, lord! Twenty-five What's, years old. You're talking nineties, man. Yeah, you go, go, go over, further back. Over twenty years ago. Yeah. Ninety-three, so it's twenty-six years old. So that would put Todd and I at about twenty-four years old. Yeah, so uh-huh. you're getting in the age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a Tuesday night. I yes. remember this because it was all you can eat wing night at a certain local establishment that's no longer there. Correct. And um, we had gone down for all you can eat wing night. And which two dollar drafts. Um, a lot of baskets of wings, more than I can eat now. I'll just say that with my yeah. me too. <laughs> and um, as many beers as we had wings, in fact, more beers than we had wings. Yes. <laughs> and I convinced my girlfriend at the time, whose name I can remember quite easily because we all know it's the same name as my wife now. Um, but not related. Not related. Nice woman, but not related. I, I, you know, I, 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 yeah, whatever. I'm not going to get in trouble there. Move on. Th- um, thankfully, that's done. Called her. I called her. Yeah, nice guy. Nice, I, I caught that one. That was you saw what good. I did there. Yes, keep going. Continue. <laughs> I called her on a payphone. This is how old it was. I told her that we needed to go see Lion King. Because I had already seen it with her. And I said, Todd needs to see Lion King. And she said, no. I said, well, here's the deal. And I've had probably about, well, Let's say two beers, and you might want to multiply that by three or four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go in the Copley Square at 1030 and see it. So you can come down and pick us up, or I'm going to drive myself. Yes, the old Copley Square movie theater, which is no longer there. Yeah, which may indicate why we're not together anymore, because, you know, (laughs) I was that stupid. Um, And Todd fell asleep. Uh, Mike's talking here of him and his former girlfriend, not Mike and myself. (laughs) Just want to make it clear for everybody. The Copley Square movie theater. As the theater went dark. So the theater goes dark. If you remember Lion King, it opens in dead silence, and all of a sudden it goes, Ah! I'm behind you! The projection at Copley Square had the volume up to 13. <laughs> I have never seen Todd jump that high in my life. He went from sound asleep to wide awake with a screaming <laughs> song. Followed by a holy bleep! <laughs> it's like, what was that? So, so, Every time since then we stayed at my house, we used to when we used to have an apartment. We used to sleep in the living room. I would turn the stereo up to eleven and wake him up with the Lion King soundtrack. <laughs> that's our joke: is he fell asleep to Lion King, and 
Yeah, it was ten thirty at night on a Tuesday, and we were after uh, we had had a few beverages. Yeah, yeah, a few, a uh, few uh, libations, uh, dad sodas. Yes, dad sodas. <laughs> Very good. I like that. I like that though. Dad sodas. I like. I have not. You know, I will I, say I, like. I do not do the dad sodas anymore. Yeah, <laughs> my life completely sober. I'm just drinking what we like to call the water of life. <laughs> right. Well, no, you just hang out with your friend Jonathan. We we understand. You've no, mentioned no, no, no. It's the water of life because I watched the sixty minutes episode where where a guy up in Scotland called what is in my glass the water of life. You know, and oh, if you, right. you know, it, it is my friend Jonathan, Mister Walker. Yeah, um, we know from Scotland. Scotland water of life. So, you know, <laughs> I've gone from you know the beer that makes the walkie famous to the water of life, which tells you that I have more disposable income. <laughs> <laughs> right. I make the kid eat baskets of buffalo wings on a Tuesday night and go to work the next day. Oh, this has gone into movies to the old guys complaining about their digestive system podcast. That will not win awards. Uh, no, no, this is not going to be an award-winning uh, uh, Toddcast for sure. I did always so. enjoy that story, though. That's yeah. it, clearly not the first time I've heard it, but right. right. <laughs> it's glad, I'm very glad we got it out there for everyone else to hear. Yes, and, and by the way, speaking of everyone, we'd like to thank, uh, there were over 60 folks who checked out the last time the three of us uh, got together Very to do good. a Toddcast, which is uh, smashes the ratings of most of the Toddcasts I've done. Uh, <laughs> well, so uh, I guess that, that speaks more to the two of you and your popularity. Perhaps. I don't know about or that. Or are you telling all of your friends to, to, to go listen? This should be the Mike and Matt cast. <laughs> I suppose. Mike and Matt cast with help from Todd. <laughs> well, yes, but only one of the three of us in this uh, the, in this podcast has their name rhyme with pod. So this is true. That's kind of that, weird. That's... We'd have to re- be rebranded, of course. But uh... <laughs> hey, I already so, gave you a little leeway. I, I'm now officially calling it the TOST slash TTL podcast. This is true. So I've, I've kind of uh, yeah. I, I sort of snuck that in this time around for uh, episode that's four. That's a lot of initials being talked about. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, you it's know. a lot to we, keep We track live of. in a world of acronyms, though, don't we? This is true. Yeah. That's true. This is very true. Do you think they have a lot of acronyms in Akron, Ohio? And if they do, are they Akron acronyms? That's well, a- they also spell the word acronym differently, I think, in Akron, Ohio, I believe. But do they? Do they? <laughs> well, I don't know, but I think Teddy the Wonder Dog has something to say about that. By the way, tell Teddy I was very disappointed. I Speaking, speaking of some of Teddy's friends... I watched the Westminster Dog Show this year, and I was extremely disappointed because one of the finalists for Best in Show was a little long-haired dachshund, and he did not win. They gave it to the wire. By the way. By the way, no dachshunds ever won Best in Show, but the wire-haired terrier that's won, like, the most times of any dog in the history of this 100-year-old dog show won again. Not the same dog, naturally, but you, you know. that would be creepy. That <laughs> <laughs> would be creepy, wouldn't it? Yes, a dog from 1910. What again for best in show? They wheeled it out. No, no, please don't, don't send Did your you letters. See? I love dogs. Okay, do not send your letters or texts. Of, I, of the, that was a sure, test to see if you're listening to the whole thing. But. <laughs> Did you see that? It was a Bichon who went and Teddy, Teddy. Um, you know, for the audience, Teddy is a Bichon. He's a 14-year-old Bichon. He's yes. the cutest dog in the world. But this Bichon went through um, the agility course, and he wasn't having it. He, this Bichon, if you watch the video of it, I can't remember the name of the dog, but he went up the, he went up the ramp, and they're supposed to stop for like a split second and go. This dog...
kind of, you, you've met Teddy, you can picture I Teddy have, doing yes. this. He went up the ramp, he stopped where it was, the crowd started to clap. This dog, honest to God, stopped there and basically just soaked in the chairs for about 10 seconds. Actually, what he probably did was he put his paw up to his ear and like went, hey, he did a little, you know, hey, give he me a, about, I can't he hear you. He just about did that. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, and he did it, and he stopped again to listen to the applause. This wow. dog had the slowest time, but it was the funniest thing to watch because, of course, you know, I have a B-Shot, and I, I'm B-Shot's amusing because they're actually very funny dogs to watch. Sure. This dog was posing. <laughs> it took a CDO to try to get it through, and this dog was not having did anything that he was saying. The, like he a was bright yellow shirt that they were pulling off of him? Yes. Perfectly back to movies again. Um, well, you know, I was going to, while we're still talking about, I would say, first of all, Bichons make wonderful pets, especially if you are allergic to dogs because Bichons are hypoallergenic. The other thing I wanted to mention, because I don't know if it necessarily got through in your comment, Mike, for the record, the agility portion, they have not added a new category to the Westminster Dog Show. I believe Mike was referencing a different dog show he was watching, not the... Uh, uh, no, no this, this was agility. I, this was Westminster. I don't it think... Was it was the day before or after. It was a separate thing, but it was Westminster. It was? Okay, I don't remember but seeing... It absolutely was Westminster. All right, I don't remember seeing that because I don't remember seeing dogs running up ramps or anything like that. And, and... No, this wasn't kind of the main part of the show. It was like a, it was like a second day of competition. Uh-huh, okay. the dog, the dog show. This was the equivalent of all those technical categories from the Academy Awards. They, they did it on a different day, and it was streamed out to by a the, different by audience. The way, by the way, now... My wife and I, one of our favorite movies to watch together is the, the film Best in Show by Christopher Guest, which is about dog shows. Yes. And if you've ever seen it, 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 is, it is hysterical and it's very quotable. And of course, that, it's, it's a little old for our 10-year-old daughter. So we had the dog show on and Alison was watching look at the cute dogs. And I'm in the background and I am just quoting the movie. And Maureen is dying on the couch because I'm just giving all the lines from the movie. And it was just like watching Best in Show. If, they, they, if, actually, if, that movie... Have you seen yeah. Best in Show, Todd, or Matt? I, well, yeah, I, I saw it with you, Mike. Uh, yeah, and in fact, Best in Show, as far as I'm concerned, it does capture the spirit of the, if you've never actually seen a dog, if you've never seen Westminster on TV, or if you've never been to a dog show in person, it does capture the, the essence of I the dog show. I was quoting all the commentator lines of it. Like, it's a shame in some countries these dogs are eaten. And, all <laughs> and oh my God. Again, that's a quote from Best in Show, just to, just to see you know. We're... I can't remember the actor who did it. God, oh, He's everywhere, and I can't think of what his John Michael name Higgins. Is. Not um, John Michael Higgins. No, there's actually a Michael Higgins in the movie. Well, um, that's who I'm talking about. I think his full name is John Michael Higgins. I think or something. John Michael Higgins. It's not though. It's the guy who was in Second City, and I can't think of what his name is now. Eugene Levy. No, not Eugene Levy. Even though he's hysterical in Catherine O'Hara, it's he's the commentator. Oh. God, I, I keep wanting to say Will Ferrell, and that's not it. No, I... Uh... Um, clearly, it's... Um, oh, I'm going to kick myself when I see it. It's... Um, I'm actually looking it up on my phone as I, as I sit here. Oh, I know the guy you're talking about from the third Back to the Future movie, The Messenger from uh, Federal... Willard. Fred Willard. Oh, Fred Willard, Fred sorry. Fred Willard plays the commentator, and he has the best lines of the book. He was from Fernwood Tonight as well, and Real People. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. 
what we've just stated ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it's very lonely. <laughs> yes, real people. I would just get Byron Allen and Sarah Purcell and Skip Stevenson out there too. I mean, yes, I watched real people when I was a kid. Yeah, so did I. Wednesdays at eight. It was a staple. You know, it was. Yeah, uh, it was, was part Monday. What Actually, the by the way, for the record, that's part of the reason why uh, we have our live Time Out for Sports Talk television shows on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. I, I wanted to, like, take the same time slot real people had. I'm kind of paying tribute to... Uh, what was to, on Mondays at 8 on ABC oh, similar to real people? That's incredible. Thank you. Okay, move ahead. <laughs> Featuring uh, John <laughs> Davidson, uh, Kathy Lee Crosby, and Franz Harkenton. Okay, we're old, so let's move ahead. We are. Well, you know, real people kind of uh, predated, well, both those kinds of shows predated, like, the Internet. I mean, and back then, that was the only way you could find out about, uh, you know, people around the country doing amazing, crazy, <laughs> wild things. True. You know, now you, true. Just, now you just go on Facebook or Twitter or some other brand of social media, and you can check all that out. Or you can listen to uh, you can listen to the TOSD podcast at your convenience and find out we're talking about those days when uh, you know uh, life was different. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> and there were no self. <laughs> yeah, Mike's referencing pay phones and uh, you know uh, things like that and movie theaters and <laughs> yeah, movie theaters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I guess we're I guess we're kind of winding down here. I mean, do you guys have any? Uh, any other things you'd like to share? I mean, I'm afraid to open. I'm afraid to <laughs> open that line of question. I think I'm good. I think it's all. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I do think so as well. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I knew as soon as the Oscars was coming, I said, you know, we got to get together, get the band back together again, do another <laughs> one of these uh, shows so we could talk about it and everything. And, uh yeah, with all the big movies coming out in the next few months, uh, the blockbuster movies, the ones right. that that Mike and Matt feel should win the uh, the actual Academy Awards or at least be nominated, they they deserve recognition. Yeah, well, I mean, they do get recognized. I mean, what about uh, they have what People's Choice and uh, you know, there's that. So there's uh, Golden Globes. They tend to get a little more uh, you know mention, right? I mean, yeah, but the Oscars I think are the. On our next podcast, and the winner gets to come to London with me in July. Oh, that's right, because you, like you do have an extra bed available, you said. Right, right, right. Wait a minute, you didn't mention anything about an extra ticket available to get on the plane, just an no, extra no, no, bed. No, 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 the prize only is permission to come to London with me in July. You have to supply your own airfare and food and expenses. Well, that's not much of a prize. Uh, you, I, you're not really going to entice people with that. I mean, I don't know. No, but you get to, you get to be in London with me. And hear all my declarations of all my opinions. I see. Todd, you've been in London with me. Yes, I have. Yes. Mm -hmm. Todd's traveled extensively with me. I've had many. I've had many. I can't, that's right. Mike and I have been to. You and I, Mike, we've traveled in. It, we've traveled across the pond. And we've traveled north of the. We've been in three different countries together. Wow, that's frightening. Yeah, you I, had a Canadian, that. I had a Canadian tour guide tell me in the CN Tower to shut the hell up. <laughs> and for good yeah, reason. <laughs> yes, and for good reason. Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, this has always been fun. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, you Thank know. you again for having. And us. since the audience, well, and uh, thanks again to I'm our. Tell me to shut up. So I am a genius. Yes, and uh, also, again, thanks to our listeners. Hopefully they'll check this latest edition uh, of the uh, TOSTTTL podcast as much as they've done in uh, previous editions. There's that weird noise going on. Ghosts in, uh, ghosts in Maine again. Ghosts in the machine. 
yeah. Go to the machine. There you go. <laughs> Florence and the machine. Well, I can't say this up, John. Crescent, always, moon, Daphne moon. What? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, actually, you wouldn't believe it. The Crescent moon, Daphne moon episode, I actually happened to catch it on uh, the other night. I was flipping by an episode of Frasier, so. Will you be proud of me? We showed our 10-year-old the um, Nightmare Inn episode. She was mildly amused. I still fall off. Ooh, mildly amused. I will. I will accept. I'll take mildly amused from a ten-year-old uh, on that episode. I'll. I'll. I'll accept that. Um, by the way, oh, speak. I, I. Now that we're bringing this up, there. There are serious talks. They want to reboot Frasier. I, I'm saying you oh, can't. No, I know. No. I, and, and and this is from someone. And Mike can also. You know, I'm not. I don't want to speak for you completely, Mike. But I mean, we both enjoyed that show very much. Uh, when it was on, and even the reruns, but uh, you you can't do it. Are you talking like Will and Grace type of? Yes. Bring it back to yeah. Life? They want to bring oh, the care. Good God, no. And I'm sorry. As soon as John Mahoney passed away, that 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 should have ended any talk of bringing it oh. back. And that's no knock on any of the other characters. But if you're going to bring the show back, you got to you know if Will and Grace, if one of those four major characters had passed away, would you want to see them bring back Will and Grace? I didn't want to see them bring it back. I yeah, I, I I knew I set myself up for that. But okay, <laughs> of course you did. Yeah, but the the point being, you, you can't without Martin Crane. You, you gotta you know. I don't know. I, I just it, 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 there's there's you know, a the dynamic there could, that that would just be missed it if it was done right. But I don't think they'll do it right. That's the thing. You know, these reboots just aren't done right anymore. It's just you know. Well, I mean, done right. I don't know what does done right mean. I mean, I've been. I I'll confess, I've watched some of the Will and Grace reboot. I don't, I don't think it's god awful. The first one, and it was terrible. I've not watched any. Well, okay. They, no all right. They've gotten away a little bit from the political messages. Uh, that I think that first episode, they sort of bombarded you. They hit you over the head with it, and they're kind of now they're just recognizing people want to watch the show because they were fans of the show. They don't want the political messaging, you know. So it's kind of more about the characters now. Uh, so, and I, I, I believe Frazier would probably do it in a similar way. I don't, I don't think the purpose of bringing Frazier back is to have them spout off on, on their, their, their current po- po- politics or whatever politics they, you know, they were never political. Those characters were never political. So, you know, we didn't know. No, never. And, uh, you know, we just love those the characters. The show I've ever truly enjoyed was a reboot of Battlestar Galactica, which was incredible. Everything well, else is just been- okay. But the only thing I would say about that, Mike, is... That's not really. It's when they bring a reboot back with the exact same characters that, and they've aged in time. That that's a bit more of a. It. It well, work, no, but Battlestar you know? Galactica, what you're talking about, they kind of re, they just kind of re, they, they kind of reinvented the show. Yeah, I mean, they didn't bring, but they didn't they didn't bring Lauren Green back from be, the the Beyond, <laughs> to, to, you know, and uh, Dirk Benedict and those guys to you know. Uh, you didn't at least say Richard Hatch because I would have corrected you. They did bring Richard Hatch back. Okay. And he was one of the better characters in the show. All right. Because <laughs> he didn't play Apollo. Well, either. see, this will be a wonderful topic when we get together for our, our fifth installment <laughs> of the TOSTTTL podcast. <laughs> Reboots that you'd like to see or don't want to see. And again, put me in for the no Frasier reboot well, vote. Well, and and this is for someone who's a big fan one, of the show. We should find a way to do it when I can be down there. We can bring a recorder in. Record this thing in, let's just say, an establishment where we can have some adult beverages like we used to, with a basket of chicken wings, and we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get the world settled. We'll get the entertainment world settled. Matt and I have a great business idea that we should fire on. We, we're going to go to Hollywood and be script consultants. I'm telling you, we you have to give your script to us, 
and we say yes or no. It will yep. stop crappy movies from being made. We came up with that plan almost 20 years ago. And that'll be the show, right? You, you'll go and pitch that to the, the TV executives, and that, that's what the show will be about, right? That'll be the show. It's your movie to watch, and we say yes or no. That stops. You, you, you got to sell us on. You got to sell us on the movie. You get what? <laughs> you, you have to sell us on the movie. You get a ninety-second yep. time limit, and that's all. You, that's all it is. Yeah. Okay. And if we say no, your script is immediately shredded, and you're thrown out. Right. Wow. And to make your even if it took we'll, years to write that, we'll set that it on script. fire in front of you. Wow. And that's, that's we'll, so, so, so my recommendation would be to make copies, <laughs> so you don't. It's not I mean, your it, only one. It stops, like, you know, half of, like, I can't even think, like, Despicable Me 27. No. You're done. You're out of here. Go away. Go away. Uh, sorry. You know, it just stops crappy movies from being made. That's what we're going to do. Right. And on a sidelight, all celebrities in Hollywood will also have to bring their proposed children's names to us. If we don't like it, we assign them a name. So you'll see a lot of Berthas and Edders and Prudences. <laughs> we're going to stop this whole naming your kid after a city or a direction. No more Northwest. Yeah, I, I think going on with this topic would be very prudent, in my opinion. <laughs> we could we could weigh in on so decades, many things. You know I have my opinion. Oh, I know that. <laughs> uh, I'm stuck in the past. You know, I'm 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 having a glass of um, water of life. Yes, it's got the old school Pat Patriot on it. Because I ah. refuse to have the new one on my Water of Life class. I have to honor the past. Yeah, yes. well, you know, uh, you would have enjoyed our last time off for Sports Talk then. We had Bob Hildberg uh, on. He's a historian. He's wrote, written a book called Total Patriots. And uh, I, I'm not going to enjoy it anymore because the last time I tried to call, you, you, you hung up on me <laughs> for another person to calling in and then tried to desperately text me to get you to call back. I don't remember. No way did I just text, no way did I just text you a thousand times in the air telling you telling you what I thought of you. Uh, yeah, I don't think I ever texted you asking you to call back though. I, I think you you were on and <laughs> and, and we text. appreciated you. Uh, we did appreciate you uh, joining us on our 25th anniversary show. So thank you for that. Our, again, more, uh, I, just I, I more did, evidence of showing enjoy, our age. I did enjoy though texting you while you were on the air. <laughs> yes, and if I'd been if I'd been checking my phone nonstop during it, I would have you been completely. I did it one. Yes, at one. I said if I was doing it nonstop, I would have been distracted for the last forty minutes of the show. But thankfully, it was only. Well, at one point, I, I imagine you said this thing's ringing like crazy. I should probably make sure there's not an emergency. And well, then... we did get a slew of phone calls. You know, uh, part of it is how we had uh, some uh, friends of his call in, and then we also had some uh, some guests as well. But uh, yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was a good show. It was moving. Uh, it was moving right along. And Mike, I do appreciate you uh, being part of it because you were there at the uh, the beginning, mm-hmm. way back when. As we've been, we keep making references to the uh, early to mid '90s when we uh, <laughs> first met. And uh, you know, I still can't watch or, or or read something about a high school hockey game without thinking about uh, our uh, our broadcasts in the uh, in the booth. Uh, Sadly, Mike, uh, Belmont Hockey did not qualify for the uh, state tournament this year. So That's because they didn't name the rink after me. That's got to uh, be the reason. By the way, they are talking about building a new rink, though, uh, because with the new high school, which you probably, I'm sure, have uh, no sense. Yeah, I've heard about, about that. Yeah. Well, they gonna... need to name the rink after me. Or, no, you well, know, I think you're going to need to make a little, you're going to have to make a little donation. I just want a statue up front. 
Yeah, statue, huh? Boy, I don't know. I don't even want to think what that would <laughs> Top of a staircase kind of thing? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we just settle for a hood ornament. <laughs> 40 feet high with a golden torch on the top. It's a uh, beacon for everyone to worship me. Wow. It will, and it will, I will record my thoughts on the world that will come out once an hour. It will just speak. This is what I want. This is what I need. Mike you... Higgins, humanitarian philosopher poet. Make it happen. Ladies we'll and gentlemen, we can do. Mike Higgins, perceived super genius. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, well, you have to have fun in life because if you don't laugh or crack yourself up, you know, life is just too short and you're insane. I would agree. So we have fun on this show. We do. And I appreciate you guys being friends for a long time and putting up with my... <laughs> Your antics. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Antics is a good way of putting it, Matt. Uh, but no, we, we do. Hey, I, I enjoy getting together and doing these. Uh, and, Absolutely. And because there's a demand for it, uh, we're going to continue to do them, too. Yeah, so I, I'm I all for it. it. I would do them anyway, but it, it, it's nice to you know that there's. come to Maine, and we could do one on my deck with smoked meats and, and adult beverages once again. There we go. I, I can add chicken wing. I'm good. Just tasting my smoked chicken wings. Or do we have pork the time you're up? I think we might have smoked pork beef on chicken wing. Uh, I think so, yes. I think it was. Yeah. But. I don't know, smoked anything works for me. Yep, here we yeah, go. I'm not picky. I've made my <laughs> own bacon and Canadian bacon. I know, I've heard. Yeah, so so I've made the smoker work for me. As well it should. All right. Well, uh, on that note, uh, again, uh, no, don't forget to... Uh, That's why we don't need to listen to this anymore because it's gone downhill and we're starting to get tired, so... We're fading out here. Yeah. yeah, well, I wanted to mention, don't forget to follow us on social media by searching Time Out for Sports Talk on Facebook and on Twitter. Our handle is at TOSTBMC. He'll give you links to the latest TOST and TTL podcasts as soon as they're available. Uh, Matt, you can follow him on Twitter at, at TTL Matt. That's me. That's, that is Matt Gandolfo over there. Thanks once again to Matt. And to, me on, you and, can follow me on Twitter. At, at Kim Kardashian, that's my Twitter handle. Just just tweet tweet me, and I will get right back to you. All right, I'll I'll go right and do that. All right, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Mike and Matt. Until next time, this is Todd Bloniars. Thank you for checking out the TOSC Toddcast right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs>